Welcome back to Delta Frame by Planet Revise, everybody. This episode is powered by TPC, where we're not just a fandom, we're a family. It's your lovely host, Mark, here, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Oh, and just a disclaimer for you, this isn't your run-of-the-mill listening and or visual experience. We get a little loud about what we love here on the show, but it's for the overall good. Before we get going here, I gotta let you know how important your feedback is to us here at Planet Revise. If you have 30 seconds after the listen, please text us at 380-390-8629. That's 380-390-8629. Text us your name, what you do for a living, and a short message giving us a hot take, suggestions, or just overall feedback about what you just experienced. Can't wait to hear from you. Enjoy. This episode, we dive deep into AI video, what it is, what it does, which software is to use, and how it's affecting every industry on Earth. All right, finally, we get to get into some meat and potatoes of why this channel is created. Um, as you guys know, I'll touch on it briefly. Uh, I started like shooting podcasts around like 2019, 2020, and then quickly in Head Over Heels kind of fell into making music videos and filmmaking all together. And just in that brief time, like from 2019 to coming into 2024, that four-year span has completely shifted the landscape of how any video is made. And when I say any video, I mean from YouTube, mean from the silver screen, which is Hollywood movies, on Instagram, what reels are, what Facebook reels are, just how video content is consumed and generated and created in general has completely shifted, completely changed. And I want to go over how a few of these software platforms have helped with that. Like they've completely made the big businesses and big industries of the world who mainly had the market share on video, i.e. Disney, i.e. Netflix, i.e you know, Paramount, i.e. Miramax, i.e. you name any big company, Marvel even, it's completely changed the way they're looking at making video, how they're hiring, how they're firing, what kind of committees they're putting together. Uh, It's just completely changed everything that we consume video-wise. And it's very nuanced. I will get into in future episodes of how it's done and like how it's doing it in certain sectors. Uh, But I want to touch on some of the platforms that have been driving in the leading forces of this change. The first platform I want to get into and kind of dive deeper and talk about is Ebsynth. It's spelled E-B-Synth, all one word. I used to call it E-B-Synth because I didn't know the the pronunciation was Eb, but I was vehemently corrected online on Twitter and all that good stuff. Uh, But Ebsynth... It was started by Sharka Sokorova and Andre Yamrishka. If I'm pronouncing those names, butchering them, I'm so sorry. So Sharka and Andre met at the Czech Technical University in Prague, where Andre worked as a computer graphics researcher, and Sharka joined their team to do her PhD. She had some background in computer science and traditional animation, uh, so Andre's research was actually super fascinating to her because it was the perfect merge of art and technology. And the cool part about what Andre was doing is that he co-authored several papers on example-based synthesis, 
which is a style transfer method where you provide an example of the look you want to achieve and the algorithm applies it on a 3G model, CG simulation, or photograph. Pretty soon after she joined the team, they started experimenting with transferring the style from paintings to arbitrary videos. Andre and Sharka loved doing graphics research, but Andre wanted to start getting some of those techniques they were making into the hands of artists. Taking those pieces of software, creating actual use cases for them, and putting them into regular people's hands like you and I. Absinthe was just one of the many tools that Sharka and Andre wanted to get into the hands of the people. So after doing some thinking, they started their own company called Secret Weapons, where these tools could be the secret weapons of animators and VFX artists. Now, the original inspiration for Absinthe came from artist Jakob Yavora. Jakob is a concept artist that was continually looking for ways to bring his paintings to life with some movement. So Andre made him a tool to stick a painting onto a video and make it move. It was kind of primitive and the results were crude, but the idea was there. A few years later, they were approached by a production company that looked for help with a rotoscope movie they were trying to get off the ground. This made them revive the tool and enhance it with some synthesis technology they worked on in the meantime. It kept getting better and better, and at some point, they wanted to share it with everybody else. Now, the key difference between Absinthe and pretty much every other AI video tool is that although many people think AI is involved, it actually isn't. The tech behind Absinthe is example-based synthesis, which is actually where the name comes from. So you provide a video and a painted keyframe, which would be the example of the style you want the video to be in. Absinthe breaks down your painting into many tiny pieces, kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. It then uses those pieces to assemble or synthesize all the remaining video frames. That way, Absinthe always works only with what the artist paints. It never introduces anything new that wasn't shown in the painted keyframe. This means that the artist actually has control over the stylized output. By modifying even the small details in the keyframe painting, they can alter the visual style of the final animation. So how does Absinthe actually work? First, you need a video. It can be live action footage, a hand-drawn animation, or a 3D render. You then pick a keyframe and paint over it or edit it as you like. The video and painting keyframe are your inputs. You feed them into Absinthe and it distributes the style of your keyframe to all the remaining frames. The keyframe should reveal as much of the scene as possible, because when you paint over it, you give Absinthe examples of how things should look. So if you have a shot where a person suddenly smiles, in that case, the keyframe should contain that person's open eyes and open mouth with teeth that they're visible at any point. You should show Absinthe how you want the eyes and teeth to look. With that info, it can create both, the frames where the eyes and the mouth are closed and when they're open. Always match the painting with the video frame. Make sure that your painting matches the video frame as closely as possible. If a person on your video isn't wearing a hat and you paint it in the keyframe, you'll get some ugly things. The animation is guided by the video. If you want a person with a hat in your painted result, make the actor wear one in the video. Also, sometimes one keyframe isn't enough, but you usually need more and they need to be consistent. To achieve that, always start with just one keyframe. Feed it to Absinthe and get your first animated sequence out. Usually the frames close to the keyframe are fine, but the further you get, the more broken they look. That's a good location for the next keyframe, but don't paint it from scratch. Use the broken result of the first Absinthe run and fix it. Sometimes it just needs a couple of brush strokes. Creating new keyframes by fixing the broken frames from the previous synthesis runs, make sure that your keyframes are consistent. This is super important for further blending. Once you have a new keyframe, feed that to Absinthe and alter the output sequence frame range. Let me give you an example. Suppose the video sequence runs from 0 to 100 frames, and my first keyframe is frame number 50. I would run the first synthesis over the whole video, from 0 to 100. After that, let's say the result gets really messy at frame number 25. 
So I fix it with a couple of brush strokes and turn it into my second keyframe. This time I only run the synthesis from frame zero to 50. My third keyframe is frame number 75. I've run the last synthesis from 50 to 100. Now I have three stylized image sequences. All I need to do is get the final result by blending them together. You can use Adobe After Effects to export all of your blends to prepare for the initial crossfades. You can edit them if you want or just render the final video. If you don't have After Effects, just use another software to perform simple crossfading. And probably the most important thing is to use layers. The last and maybe important tip is to always work with layers. Epsynth can handle the alpha channel and it will give you the results on a transparent background. That way you can separate your foreground figures from the background figures and work on them individually. This will immediately give you cleaner edges. By dividing your scene into more layers, you get more control over details. For example, you can have one keyframe for the body and three keyframes for the head if needed. Just paint the head on a transparent background and feed it to Epson. It will give you an animated face on a transparent background. That way you can later compose with the rest of the body. Using layers leads to a bigger composting and blending project, but you can achieve wonderful results. Absinthe is a great tool if you know how to use it. Okay, next software on the list is Animate Diff. Animate Diff is a computer software that leverages computer programming and artificial intelligence to generate AI video. What makes this tool special is that it's completely user-friendly. This software is up on GitHub right now and it's being updated periodically by some generous contributors. If you're programming and tech savvy, it uses the powerful programming language of Python and Google Colab so you can easily generate the pictures you need with just a little tweak to the code. They also have user interface extensions that you can plug in, download into your local computer and run yourself. Out of all the AI video software I studied, this is more than likely the most user-friendly, so I would definitely jump on this if need be. And the last video software that's making a huge impact on every industry is Stable Diffusion. Stable Diffusion refers to the controlled and gradual integration of artificial intelligence into video. Stable Diffusion has become widely adopted and there's many online applications that help out with this. It's mainly used for upgrading video, upscaling video. So if you need to do something like de-age, uh, even age somebody, change any of the animation, uh, it's able to do that pretty well and pretty powerfully. The only gripe right now is that it only does short video and it can only generate short video, almost like a GIF. So something very short, only a very few amount of frames can be processed by Stable Diffusion as of right now, but technology is ever growing and they're consistently working on making this better, so I'm sure it'll get better over time. The best part about Stable Diffusion is that it can be text to image or image to image. Now I'm gonna explain what both of those are. Text to image is where you write in a prompt, kind of like in ChatGPT or Dolly 3 if you use that, and it spits out a generated image based on what Stable Diffusion is telling it to put out. Image to image is kind of the same thing, but instead of putting in text to generate an image, you'll put in another image and ask Stable Diffusion to upscale, change it, edit the style, whatever you need to do. It's extremely powerful, guys. What's up, everybody? Um, I had to get out because my brain has just been moving a mile a minute. Literally all weekend, I've been working on actually creating some AI video, changing up some styles of some things I already shot. And I definitely ran into some errors that nobody's helped me figure it out. And it's not anybody's fault. I just probably wasn't reading the documentation right or just put in something wrong, inputted something wrong. So I got frustrated, felt like, yay, you know, I'll come and start talking to you guys. 
And yeah, it's it's been an incredible, incredible week. This is a late drop, so thank you for still listening if you guys chose to. I wanted to touch on everything we were speaking about, speaking about at the beginning of the video with all of these AI video tools and just to harp on the importance of why I'm even talking about them, why they're important, and what the future is going to look like with them. Um, just the ones that we touched on, guys. Didn't even mention the mobile apps. Didn't even mention, you know, all the cutting-edge stuff that's happening with ChatGPT, Dolly, even Bing using Dolly 3 now. This stuff from 2019 to right now has completely changed everything. And... Yeah, all the big, you know, big fish, big wig companies were slow to adopt and adapt it because they, they can be, they can afford to be, they have the back catalog too. But all of the smaller, lesser creators, influencers, filmmakers, you name it, content creator, whatever, YouTuber, they caught the wave super early. And I really don't think people understand how early we are. Things like Stable Diffusion, Absinthe, uh, Animated Diff, this stuff can create video for us now, like today, 2023, right? So just imagine literally what's going to come of the rest of the decade and the decades beyond, what this stuff is going to be able to do for your business, your industry, anything you're trying to compete in visually. Every, every business, every industry needs video, needs social media, needs reels, needs YouTube shorts, uh, needs TikToks, and a lot of people don't like their face. A lot of people think they're ugly or hum or humiliated by being on the camera. And this AI video stuff can mitigate a lot of that. So you're still in the game. You know what I mean? Um, most businesses are taking themselves out completely out of the picture, or spending too much money, or wasting too much time making their own video or not enhancing their video with AI so people can understand that they're still in the game and they're thinking ahead. Because uh, a lot of people aren't adopting and adapting this stuff because of either apprehension towards what technology is doing. They think they're going to lose their job or lose business or market share when it's the complete opposite. This stuff is going to not only create jobs, but create new opportunities, new content, new visions, new filmmakers, literally new everything because the user interface, the usability of these programs are so extensively like needed and usable right now that anybody can touch it. Uh, not a monkey, you know what I mean? But pretty much anybody who can, you know, touch a computer, press buttons and can read documentation are able to use Stable Diffusion, Absinthe, Animated Diff. Even if you don't know how to program, it's just a couple of line changes in some of the code to make this stuff work. Guys, girls, I'm telling you, we need to jump on what's going on right now. I know Takeoff Productions, we've already been jumping on it. We failed at it many times already. And we're working on building how to make these videos consistent and integrating AI. Um, so we're able to you know, bring the best content to you possible. But at the same time, this is, you know, just a warning shot for everybody who's not using it and a warning shot for people who are using it. This stuff is going to take over a majority of the video production that we do. 
it's just easier. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, speed, quality, and ease of use is what drives any business, drives any technology, drives any update, you know, in, in the history of anything. So what AI is doing, specifically AI video, is just making it faster to produce quality, high quality video at any rate of anything you're doing. So this is just that call to action. So you guys make sure that you're using it to your advantage and not just turning a blind eye or turning your nose up to something that can help you win today. Today, guys. And the people who are going to fail and the companies that go to zero, it won't be because they're not using it. You know, because eventually everybody's going to have to use it. You have to get good at what you're using. Literally, if you take the time, if you take 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, an hour a day to study this stuff, to really dive deep, you don't have to integrate it fully into your business or into your video content or all of that. But if you understand how it works, you can get ahead a lot more just by the understanding of it. And then when you actually apply it, it'll be a lot easier and a lot faster to what you're trying to do, what you're trying to sell, what you're trying to market. So guys, I'm just uh, exhorting you to get on, jump on the wave, and understand how to use this stuff. Because if you don't, you're going to get left behind by the people that do. All right, that's it for today. Peace.